Thanks for tuning in to Real Talk with Michelle, the podcast about purpose, where we discuss what it truly means to live your best life now. Hi, guys. On this week's episode of the Real Talk with Michelle podcast, I'm joined by Dr. Maurice Abney. Dr. Abney is a doctor-prepared, board-certified psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner and a children's book author. You do not want to miss this episode, so get comfy, settle in, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Real Talk with Michelle podcast. This is episode number 77, Real Talk with Dr. Maurice Abney of Safe Haven Health. Welcome to the show, Maurice. Thank you. Thank you. Greatly appreciate it. Yes. Um, So I wanted to just give you a second to just talk a little bit about yourself so the listeners know who you are. I'm um, Dr. Maurice Abney. I am a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. Uh, here in the Brentwood, Tennessee area. I've been in uh, healthcare for more than 30 years now, and I've been working in mental health for approximately 15 to 16 years. Uh, I look forward to uh, getting to talk with you, Michelle, and uh, share a little bit more about myself, but I am also a member of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated, and I am also a proud parent of an adult daughter. All right, how old is your daughter? He's 26 years old. All right. Yes. Oh, yeah. She's an adult now. <laughs> Absolutely. But she's still my baby. Of course. Always. <laughs> the daughters never leave. Like, oh, yeah. Gotta talk to dad. <laughs> um, talk about a little bit of what made you go into your line of work. Well, actually, it was, um, I would like to, I often say it was by mistake, but not by mistake. Um, Actually, I got into healthcare by way of the U.S. uh, Navy. So I am a Navy veteran, and I joined the Navy with uh, hopes of what I thought would be an aviation career. And so I joined as uh, with uh, a promise from our fine U.S. Navy to become a um, air traffic controller. Okay. So I was on the track, the air traffic controller, and um, right after basic training, I was told that the school um, was booked. And that I could wait in basic training for an additional six weeks, or I could move forward and choose another um, another job. So okay. at that point, I chose, I asked what was available. They told me, and I said, well, hey, why not hospital corpsman? Because I knew at the time I could get my licensed vocational nursing cert, um, certificate, a diploma at that right. time, and start working in that capacity at some point. So that was the beginning. I worked in the U.S. Navy for many years as a corpsman. And um, through my education and training in the, in the Navy, coupled with my bachelor's, um, I was able to segue myself into um, uh, nursing. Um, became a registered nurse and then um, a clinical nurse specialist, which is an advanced practice nurse, and later um, working as a mental health nurse practitioner. Yes, and I did. That was my next question, too. Um, what exactly is the role of a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner? The role is, I mean, very robust. Um, I must say that it all depends on where you reside. In okay. some states, we have 100% autonomy, whereby we are able to practice um, um, mental health and behavioral health without a collaborating physician. Okay. Um, in the state of Tennessee, um, all advanced practice nurses such as uh, nurse practitioners do have um, 
they must have a, a collaborating um, physician on board with their practice if you are independent. So okay. um, in terms of what we do, I personally take care of any patient that is going through any type of um, change in life, life event, uh, depression, any kind of um, anxiety, uh, some bipolar uh, disorder, and um, also schizophrenia. So I do a little bit of um, a combination, but as a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, I am able to provide psychotherapy um, or therapy as many people would call it, mm -hmm. as well as um, um, medication management. So um, many people have an established relationship with a therapist or a, a um, social worker that's caring for them and providing them with the counseling. As the psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, in that role, I would actually provide medication management for that patient. So they would see them for the therapy. They would, the patient would then come with me and uh, see me and I will provide the medication um, regimen for that patient. Um, in other cases, I am seen to provide the therapy as well as the medication management. It all depends on the way of engaging the, the, um, the relationship, mm -hmm. but in either way, it's all about ultimately improving the life of the, the person, the patient, or the client, I would say. Yes. Okay. That was a good breakdown. Now like, I understand um, how that works. Um, you are a founding member and provider at Safe Haven Health. Talk a little bit about Safe Haven. So Safe Haven is a um, psychiatric or behavioral health clinic okay. um, serving not only just the Nashville area, uh, Middle Tennessee, but all of the state of Tennessee, as well as a few other states. Um, I'm licensed in other states, so I do a lot of virtual visits in other states. Okay. But I do um, like to think of Safe Haven, my brother and I actually um, co-own it, and he too is a mental health nurse practitioner. Okay. But um, in terms of Safe Haven, it is a safe haven. I, I think all too often we, as um, especially I being an African-American male, um, mental health is type taboo. Um, or, you know, growing up in a, a hyper-religious home, I was told mm -hmm. that I should talk about everything. And I should, um, I should not talk about everything, but I should pray about everything. And I'm, I was taught to be stoic, mm -hmm. to be emotionalist in many cases. And I can tell you that, um, unfortunately, that's probably the only thing that my sweet grandmother taught me that I possibly would disagree with today. Because okay. of those, those lessons, life lessons, I've learned that um, it's perfectly okay to have a, an environment where you could exchange um, how you're feeling, whether positive or negatively, yeah. and, and gain insight from a, um, a subject matter expert or as it pertains to best practices mm -hmm. based on what it is that I'm going through. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I tell even my clients that you, even when you're processing, because you do need a support system, but mm -hmm. you definitely have to be able to, to trust your secrets with the person that you're processing with. Yes. So what I am able to do is in my practice, I'm able to provide that safe haven for those that choose to come get care with us. I'm able to listen to them mm -hmm. and provide insight. Sometimes it's just to be, to allow the person to be heard. Mm -hmm. And when they ask for my, my, my professional advice, then I will offer it, but also to make 
to help remove the stigma associated with um, mental health, especially in the Black community, because it's such a deficit in our community. I agree. And I feel like our conversation is just flowing. So I have to tell you, because I you're getting to where I always want to go with my question. So um, I wanted to talk specifically about men and mental health, specifically Black men too. Are you starting to see men come forward and ask for help with their mental health more? I am. I am starting to see um, young men. I mean, young men. Um, and unfortunately, and I, I don't mind sharing my age. I'll be 50 in August. Congrats. And thank you. I, hey, it's a blessing. Given the nature of our environment, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic. To, yeah, to, it's a to blessing. But definitely, <laughs> I say that to say that I think that um, I'm seeing a lot of young men. Um, I'm seeing uh, uh, new onset schizophrenia, um, severe depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And most of the men, in fact, all of the, I'd say 90% of the Black men that I, I see mm-hmm. um, had fathers in their life, if not at, in the home. Okay. But they too were taught that it was not okay, that they were being weak and that they should man up and they should cowboy up yeah. in, st- in terms of dealing with their emotions. Mm-hmm. And so I have seen an influx of the offspring of my generation. Okay. And either people older than me, but uh, in terms of my generation, I don't think we we've made a whole lot of progress yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I will see our my generation in terms of uh, dealing with the drug and alcohol side of mental health. Okay. In terms of just therapy and identifying, you know, that I may have some concerns and I need to get some help. Not as many as I'd like, but I'm seeing a lot of everyone else from every other ethnicity. Okay, so you're saying with uh, black men, if it's like a problem they can pinpoint, like like you said with uh, drug abuse or alcohol abuse or or something like that, that that's more acceptable to seek help for than just like the back end of why you might be drinking. Or well, I don't think that is it, that they are that uh, black men are more often going to assist help. I think by by circumstance they find themselves in a place where they have to get help, uh, okay. it, whether it be court ordered or they're in the hospital or um, they've hit rock bottom and, or they've been given ultimatum by their partner. Okay. You know, you either get help or, or else. There are some, some volunteer um, type uh, missions or people that you would see, but that's far less than the ones that are being forced to be, be treated. At, around my age group mm-hmm. mm. but the young the young generation I must say um, I always have said that the younger generation is going to demand change in so many ways in so many ways I'm very proud of them for yeah the, they have boundaries with work and just <laughs> like if I need to be off because my brain doesn't feel well like they expect their companies that they work for to say take a mental health day like there's hours allotted in their in their time off and stuff for specifically mental health days it's it's necessary it is sometimes you just need to like not have to go to work or not have to make a decision sometimes you need to stay home and focus on yourself or go yeah. you know, talk to your therapist or you know seek help that day but i am i feel the same way i'm very proud of them they're they're very 
they're very um kind of out there with their emotions in mm-hmm. every way <laughs> I mean, uh, absolutely ambitious awesome. <laughs> they're, they're very ambitious in so many ways I mean yeah. they're they're going to push the envelope and and rightfully so especially when it comes to your your health mm-hmm. um there's no greater health no part of your mental health is no greater than your physical health right. and vice versa if you you have to take care of yourself you need to take care of all both the whole package absolutely i agree um let's see um with your um with your men clients which you might have already answered this a little bit in part um what issues are they usually seeking help for and kind of in the past few years with corona have you noticed uh changes in what men are seeking help um for Absolutely. I, I think that um, I commend the men, by the way, um, that are seeking help only because I think that it's, it's so taboo in, uh, for men and um, it's perfectly okay to, to get help. Mm-hmm. Um, we get for everything else. If we have too many bags in our hand, we're going to ask somebody from, for help. If we are falling short in some area, we ask people for help. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's definitely okay um, from a mental health standpoint. But in terms of uh, COVID and the impact on mental health, what I can tell you is that I've seen people of uh, the fear mm-hmm. become more outwardly uh, pronounced, uh, whereby you would see uh, people that, you know, I'm macho, I'm the man, um, recognize that, you know what? I'm starting to feel a little out of sorts and I possibly need to get some help. Or what happens too is that you, during this time that so many couples have been together, they really recognize who they're married to, you know, or, 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 and, and their likes or dislikes for the person that who's, who's worked all the time was away from the home. Yes, there was, there was a lot of that. Like, yeah, so, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen, yeah. so guys, uh, what I've done is, uh, even with couples, I, I see them as a couple and then I have them um, in individual sessions as well. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you want to process with someone and there are things that uh, men encounter that will be identified based on societal norms as less manly. Uh-huh. You know, we we have to, um, confront the issues that we have men that have been molested. Mm-hmm. We have men that have been abused. We have men with low self-esteem. Yes. And a lot of times, given the fact that who they're interacting with or who their partners are, they may not be able to have those conversations. Right. You know? like so, but at some point, you realize that this is negatively impacting me and I need to get some help. So during this COVID season, Mm-hmm. I've seen an increase in people coming, men coming to, to therapy to identify, you know, how do I get through this? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, father um, dislike or m- father um, issues, you know, mom, mom issues. I mean, I've had my own issues and, mm-hmm. and I always like to talk about me because I want to break the stigma that if I can encounter and have gone through therapy and been on medication, and I'm still here and I'm healthy, then you too can do the same. Yes, that's such a great answer. Um, what are some of the signs um, that men and women can notice if they might be struggling with their mental health? Like what ways does that present for them? 
it could prevent and 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 in any no way do I want anyone to think that you should have all of these things. Right. But there are things that that may stick out. One is isolation. Mm-hmm. If you notice that your partner or your friend or your family member is isolating, then you definitely you just want to check on them. Yeah. You know, if you if you notice that they they've been um, distancing themselves, you know, um, that's another sign that okay something may be going on you know why are you distancing yourself are you okay a wellness check it's always good um sleeping excessively okay mm-hmm. a person that's normally you would want to tell please sit down have several seats <laughs> all of a sudden now they they're laying down and won't get up yes that's a sign that maybe they're going through something and they don't feel the need to get up or they don't have the energy to get up um excessive eating or or not eating enough okay you know they can eat because they're stressed the heck out or they can stop eating because they're stressed out yes and mood swings if you see mood swings you know this person is i love you so much you're the greatest thing since sliced bread and then well why did you do that Mm -hmm. you know going from one extreme to the other there's a great likelihood that they may be experiencing something. Could be just stress. It could be um, a, a number of other things. Even if you notice that a person is is hyper uh, verbal, they're talking all the time and they're talking a lot. Right. You know, we're talking and they won't sleep. They they are up day and night. Mm-hmm. There's a great likelihood that there's some mania going on, and you definitely want to bring some awareness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just be extremely careful that when a there are some people that will be expressing to you that they're okay and you know their behavior and they're not okay. Right. And so you can't allow your people to go long without um, um, checking on them and making sure that they, and escorting them if you have to, to um, mm-hmm. get some help. Because especially our, our, our elderly, you look at your elderly most of their friends and family that they grew up with, that they're the most comfortable with, have passed away. Mm-hmm. So they're sad because of that. They're sad because we young folks aren't, aren't paying them any attention anymore because our lives are so busy and it's, it's just not about them. Right. You know, and they don't want to get on your FaceTime or your Zoom because they don't understand how to do that. Yes. So they're not going to send you an email. They're not going to jump on your Zoom. You're not going to visit them in their space. Not going to text so, you. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to text you. So what do they do? They become extremely depressed, and suicide rate is really high in in the elderly as well. Know that. So we have to be careful in terms of how we encounter different people, especially at different ages in our in our families in our in our um, immediate circle, mm-hmm. because everybody is going through something at some point and you just have to pry a little bit, uh, be respectful. But if you know for a fact that someone is acting out of character mm-hmm. and they're telling you that they're okay, it's not okay for you as a family member or a friend to not escalate them. I agree with that. I'm I'm very big proponent of <laughs> my friends will they'll tell you though I'm just like, you sure like are you sure you're okay? Like, you know, I noticed these little things seem off and I've definitely had some people to be a little more open and just been like, I was kind of sad because I can tell um, this particular person when they just go, like, 
you know, I don't want to say dark, but just not, we don't, we're not conversing like we normally did. Mm-hmm. And it's like been a week and I haven't heard from you. And, you know, any other time it's all day long, we chit chat and I'm, you know, I'm always just like, you know, what's going on? You okay over there? A lot of my friends get, are you okay over there? Just because I want to check on them. Cause I might've known they had a lot going on. So um, I'm glad to hear that that's, that's the okay thing, or it's, you know, what you should do anyway. Um, what, um, what, what are good ways to broach that with someone? If you did notice the behavior, like the safest, the way for them to feel safe, um, sharing it with you at least, or well, go ahead. Yeah. You would definitely have to recognize what your relationship is like with that person. Mm-hmm. If, you, if it's someone, an associate, then maybe you need to find a friend of that um, person okay. because you're identified as an associate, such as um, a coworker. Okay. You may not work with them directly, but you work in the same spaces mm-hmm. with them and you know that they have a stronger relationship with someone else. Okay. You may want to ask them first, you know, if they're okay. Mm-hmm. And if they say that they are, but they are behavior is a bit bizarre or different then you want to find someone that possibly has that relationship but definitely not a person um that uh will keep a secret not secret in that it's a secret mental health is a secret but no everybody given what they're going through in their life you don't know how they will respond so you don't want to give it to it i would say only to probably a manager because there are rules and um, regulations within that department that says a manager can only share certain information on a need-to-know basis. Right. If you're at work, but if you are, if you are a friend of a friend, and you know that you don't have a strong relationship with that person, then find someone that does, and you know have that dialogue, because ultimately you're trying to make sure that you're caring, that you're able to reach that person and get them what they need. Um, if it's someone, a loved one, I would always tell you to make sure that you have the example before um, approaching that person, because they're going to say, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. No, but if you say, hey, I noticed and, and, and use therapeutic communication and be soft mm-hmm. um, when you have the, the conversation. Don't be abrasive. I don't care if you normally have that relationship. Right. You don't know what that person is going through. And they may be going through the most difficult time in their life. And they don't need you being very jovial or, or play. they need someone that's going to sh- show them some love and kindness. So you definitely want to approach them and say, hey, I noticed that over the last few weeks, you've been uh, really distant and you haven't quite been yourself. Um, and I just want to make, I, I care about you and I want to make sure that you're okay. Is there anything that you need to talk to? And even if you can't talk to me, can I help you find someone to talk to? Mm, okay. Because you're not, you're not, maybe they don't want to talk to you. Right. And maybe you are a part of the problem. Mm, okay. You know, so don't think that because you're friends doesn't mean that, that you're not a part of the problem. Very or because you're a spouse, they could be feeling some type of way. Mm-hmm. And it, it pertains to you. And if you don't have that type of relationship, or if you're that person, that's that perfect person, I always say, mm-hmm. if, because there are perfect people that don't realize that perception is reality. If many people are telling you that you have a certain characteristic or trait, you may want to check into it. Maybe your intent 
is not aligned with their perception. Mm-hmm. But you need to take a look at yourself mm-hmm. and possibly change your delivery because you could be possibly rude. You could be um, very disrespectful. You could be self-centered. You could be a number of things that multiple people have told you. Right. But because your intent, well, that's not my intent. So I'm not, that's not me. No, you have to make sure that your 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 intent and the perception of the person that you're talking to is aligned. Okay. And if not, then you need to do some soul searching and some modifying. But definitely when you're talking about people, um, you want to make sure that you're not a barrier to them getting the help they need. Mm-hmm. It may be something that you don't even know what you've done to a person. Right. But just don't assume that because they're close to you that you did it. The, the problem that they're experiencing doesn't include you. Yes, that's very, very good. It's very good advice. I like just lock that. <laughs> some- I lock it every day because I learn every day. And you, you have to have, be willing to look at yourself as well. You definitely do. I didn't, um, I think you said it has to, like your intent and delivery have to align. Because, mm-hmm. because like you said, it can't come off to the other person like, um, like this perfect person where nothing is that, you know, like to, to them anyway, in that way. And your, your intent really is just to try to ask them if they're okay, or if they need something, but to also remember, they could be, it could be about you. <laughs> it could be, it could be, but um, be open-minded because at yeah. that moment, that person, and another thing is that you never, it's just like when you, you encounter a person that that has um, lupus or a person that has um, cancer or mm-hmm. unless you are closely related to that person or you have that relationship, you don't know, oh yeah, that's per- that person looks like they, they have stage four cancer mm-hmm. or that person looks like, yeah, they look like they have lupus. Oh yeah, that looks like um, muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. You have no clue because disability doesn't have a look. Right. It could be, you could be extremely healthy and be extremely ill. Mm -hmm. On the outside, you could appear to be healthy. So I say that to say that with mental health, you don't know what a person is going through. So you want to be kind. And and you want, especially if you want to provide some type of insight and help. Yes. All right. I'm locking that in. Locking that in. How can um, we as supporters of mental health care um, help take the stigma out of it so that we can make people more comfortable in asking for help? Where do we, how do we even start that? It's just start with yourself. Okay. You know, you think about those breakdowns, those panic attacks, Mm -hmm. those moments where, um, I mean, I'm divorced and there were times that my ex-wife and I would have it out before guests arrive and we would smile and kiki the whole while the guests are there and we would the minute the door shut we would be back at it mm-hmm. so um so take a take a look at yourself and if you're willing to be vulnerable with people mm-hmm. and i always use myself because i want people to recognize that we are in this thing together yeah. we, uh, we are all human beings and we all have life issues and to remove the stigma, you have to put yourself in a position where you're vulnerable with people about your own mental health. All right. You know, and they're like, wow, you mean to tell me as 
much as you got it going on, you, you, this is absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and, and that's that's a a a a um the beginning, and then I would say also make it um a, a topic of conversation. Yes, mm. you know, and talking about um what the celebrities are doing, you know, because they have life issues as well. Yes. You know, um, let's talk about what's going on with those of us that we know. You know, I noticed that you went through a divorce. Divorce is horrible. Yes. And I always tell my friends, if you can work it out, you may want to try to work it out. <laughs> I'm telling you. But if it can't be worked out, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not an easy process. Not easy. I don't care what the other person did or what you did. I mean, you, you, you have to own your part in it. Mm-hmm. But then if you don't talk about how difficult it is or right. it was for you, mm-hmm. then your friends that are going through the same situation that could potentially save their marriage yeah, won't know. Exactly. I definitely, when I was going through my divorce, you know, it was a, like you said, like a really tough, like just contentious time, just a, a whole lot going on, you know, mm-hmm. trying to separate and figure out your life. But that's actually when I started this podcast and the beginning episodes were kind of talking about that because that was like a, I was going to therapy, but it was also another type of therapy where I could just say all of this, tell people how I was feeling. I could tell, you know, it would make people uncomfortable sometimes to talk about that, you know, friends, but I'm like, y'all gotta know. And and I had like some other people who um, would come to my salon and stuff that was just like, it, like you really did help me like, through that something like that you know like I whether I was going to get a divorce or not but just having somebody openly talk about like the emotional part about it help them kind of get through it or you know go to therapy and work it out because like you said I'm like if you can fix it try but you know if you can't just know that on the other side like it it does get better but you gotta go through it you go through a little cathartic time <laughs> right in over there. the hills and through the woods okay <laughs> up and down oh, absolutely it's sunny and then it's not sunny one day because you you might have I, I was with this person for a really long time so it's mm-hmm. like figuring out a day without this person also in it was you know it was a little it was interesting <laughs> absolutely it's it's it it's a, like it's, they said first there were two and now there's one. Right. You and, know, and it, now you have to explain to a million people why there's one. And I always tell people that this, your, your, your life is your story. Yes. And if you choose to share it, then so be it. Mm-hmm. But you, you don't owe anyone any explanation. Anybody. <laughs> no, you really don't. Exactly. It's like, I feel like a few people asked and then everybody else it was like, listen, I don't, I'm not going to keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've shared enough and what I'm comfortable sharing, but we move forward and the good days are there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I try to always remember that because it was definitely a tough time where, you know, I didn't think it would be sunny outside again, but (laughs) here I am. And I'm definitely glad that I had therapy and I had a support system, you know, and people who did call me and say, Hey, did you eat today? Like, are you, are you doing the things that kind of keep you happy and moving? Did you go work out? Like I 
very grateful for those people. Oh, absolutely. They asked me the questions that you're saying, like they noticed that I wasn't the same (laughs) or or not the same, but that those things in me, like, you know, not up or staying inside. And I'm like somebody who wants to be everywhere. So I did, I had a, I had good people who asked me that. I'm going to have to send some messages after this. (laughs) Um, Tell me, okay, you are uh, Maurice Abney, the Renaissance man on YouTube. Talk about that venture. What led you to do that? I love your video. Oh, <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I um, Well, actually, it's all about outreach. Um, okay. I, um, I have a, my, my personal goal in life is to positively impact the lives of others. Yes. There's nothing that makes me more happier than to see people thrive and, and win at life in, in any capacity. Yeah. Um, I, I always tell people that it's you versus you. Um, your success is your success. To some people in a GED is successful because maybe everyone in their family never even got to that point. Okay. So we celebrate all wins on my team. I, I, want, I want to see people win at life. So the whole idea with the, the YouTube channel was I... Um, I wanted to make sure that I had a far outreach. Mm-hmm. And as an African-American man, yes, I want to make sure that my community is taken care of. But as a love for a lover of people, mm-hmm. a God-fearing man, I wanted to make sure that I was able to reach many people as I could in terms of positively impacting their lives. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when we, when we die, you, you can't take the big house with you. Right. You can't take the big account. Uh, the, the, the shoes or the clothing, but um, so your legacy could be very limited. Right. But when you pour into the lives of others, your legacy far for, um, um, forego you in years. And I'm creating a legacy, not just for me and my daughter and my family, but for, for generations to come. And so I felt like uh, the more I'm exposed to different um, platforms, I'm able to positively reach other people. And so that's where where the whole um, YouTube came from. And I have other things I do, and I do um, fairly well. So the (laughs) Renaissance man part was, yeah, I do do a lot of things. And I I tell people all the time, if you are a, a dreamer and you're around people that aren't dreamers, then you may need to change some of the people that you're around yes you do <laughs> you know because if because they're, they're they don't see the vision mm-hmm. you know I, never I, will. They, they will not and they're going to continuously beat you down every time you share your ideas mm-hmm. so i'm a dreamer have always been i do a lot of things that i love and i want to just positively make a change that's all yeah we have some similarities there that's how I feel and oh, yeah. I'm, just, I'm, a, I'm definitely surrounded by people that's like do it try it I believe it like and that has it has a really good impact on that and I definitely I want my voice to be out there forever so absolutely <laughs> it's such a good way to do it I'm gonna be here I'm put these on YouTube same deal I want people to come and meet people like you and and go to your page and see what your page is about and spread positivity and joy and yeah. try to find ways to have it every day. Absolutely. Yes. That's my, that's my I, I'm big about it. And I mean, I, um, I'm the eldest of 18 kids. 
Wow. So, uh, wow. Yeah, my dad uh, made sure that I was never alone. And <laughs> Clearly. So I wanted to make sure that, um, you know, with with growing up and and in an atypical home because I my, neither one of my parents were were there as as a child. Okay. But I always, uh, I mean, I've seen strong women because my aunts and my grandmother were always there, mm-hmm. and they always poured into me how the things that I needed in terms of just positive affirmations and mm. and making sure that I knew my value. And yes. so I want to make sure that, you know, I play it forward with my books. That's why I write the children's books and yes. adult books that are coming out. Just to make sure, I want to make sure that people know that even if no one told you, you are important and you are loved. Even if you don't hear it. Because sometimes that's all the people need to hear is that they're appreciated. Yes. You know? It's so we, so that's what I, I, you know, I, I think let, let's, we're all going to have down days, but let's give people an arsenal of tools that they can use so that when they're having those down days, if they have no enforcement, they have the tools necessary because they've been shown or taught to, to make it through that, that moment. Exactly. Um, which I was going to ask you too about the children's books. I did get to see one of them. Um, talk about that venture just a little bit. Well, I have, I, I, um, I have, um, well, the first children's book that I wrote was entitled The, the Skin You Are In. Um, and it is a book, I mean, and it, it, it definitely, in fact, I have, oh, look, I have a copy of it right here. Look, that was. <laughs> but I'm just going to show you. This oh. is the book right here, The Skin You Are In. And if you notice on this book, I have about six ethnicities. Yes. I have Caucasian, I have Black, I have Latinx, I have um, Asian. Mm-hmm. Because what I wanted to do was I wanted to empower people to, um, to understand that regardless of your, your race or your, your um, political party, uh, your religion, um, your access to, to, to materialistic things, Mm-hmm. You have to be extremely confident in the skin that you're in. Yes. And children are, um, this is where the, the, the change starts. It starts with our kids. Yeah. And we tell them that in this book, I talk about mental health. I talk about uh, d- body dysmorphic, where you image everything with kids. I talk about um, disability, kids mm-hmm. with wheelchairs and kids with that don't have the activity of all limbs or may not have both eyes. And, and in addition to that, I talk about the people with the big houses and the ones without, you know, I just want kids to understand the importance of being extremely confident in who you are, regardless to the skin that you're in. Yeah. Um, you know, and I empower them also to be the absolute best version of themselves. So that came about when we were having so, so much, um, racial tension in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've always had racial tension, but I mean, it came to for a minute, <laughs> yeah, it was at, a, the, at the highest level that I had experienced in, in my, my years. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, you know, again, um, be a part of the positive change that I'd like to see by way of creating that book. And then I have the second book right here, and it's just, um, it, I am it said, good enough. I am good enough. 
I and like so that. This is my latest release. Um, and I, again, I want to empower children. In fact, with both of these books, I've had adults that came to me and said, this book taught me so much about myself. I am good you know? enough at something I say still all the time. Oh, and you have to myself up. <laughs> and if you don't say it, if you're waiting on someone else to say it, there's great likelihood that you'll be waiting for a while. Yes. You know, so yeah, I just want kids to understand. And uh, in that book, it just has what well, I made sure that I gave, I broke down the role uh, barriers and um, gender barriers. And in that book, I had the female astronauts and the the uh, female welders and you yes. know electricians and and I I mean I had men in 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 healthcare you know mm -hmm. just making sure that we 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 do a pretty good job at destroying our kids' dreams by telling them that you can do this or that you can't do this or that because of your gender right and I so I wanted to tear that down because I think that um, our children are good enough regardless to their gender or their race. Mm -hmm. They are good enough to be whatever they'd like to be, especially if you pour into them. Mm -hmm. So I think that kids around the world are good enough. If we start telling our kids that, and we tell our friends that, and our tell, tell our parents that, they'll start believing it. Yes. You know, even the adults, if you tell your the, the person that you thought would never get, get it together, if you start telling them that you're good enough, I believe in you, you're I'm good proud enough, of you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you, bet mm -hmm. on you, you know, um, that's where it starts. And, you know, and that's just the kids book. And then I have a series of nine books yes. that I'm waiting to be published. They, they're ready. Um, and it's called the uh, beginner books, training okay. those beginner books. And that's where younger kids, you know, just okay. making sure that they're ready and they have the tools they need. And then I'm working on um, some adult books. So I have the adult books. Hopefully the first one is about, um, it's called So What? Okay. And it helps adults identify that. So what? You, wasn't, you weren't born with a silver spoon or a gold spoon. Mm -hmm. So what? You may have been a teenage mother. So what? You were on drugs. You know, it helps people identify and it gives them a anywhere from 70 to 100 different scenarios, life scenarios. But it takes them from a point of despair and, and uh, um, being ashamed mm -hmm. to a point of contentment, success, and happiness. Yeah. It gives them steps on how to get from where you are to where you'd like to be. And um, that is about 80% done. I, I'd say about 80%. I hope to have it completed by the end of this month and um, out to everyone in the, the late summer. Yes, I love that. I'm currently doing the same thing now, like being like, all right, you, you were once here, now you are moving to here. And it's a lot of dropping, like you said, dropping shame and guilt and kind of saying go to that. And so you can, so you can move forward. Yeah, because yes. we all, we all are, we, okay. we all have, yeah, we, we all have something to be ashamed of. Yeah. You know, it's just, thank God we're not in a position where some of the people are where you've been exposed to the public. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm so careful about talking about negatively about things that people have done that's yes. in the forefront because in the public side, because we have all done some things that we're ashamed of. Mm -hmm. It's just that the world doesn't know. Exactly. So you have to be extremely careful mm -hmm. when you're judging other people, you know, so. 
that's, that's just the way I feel about it. That's all. Um, you're right about that. Cause I'd be like, I, you know, I don't know what that person is going through. This is what I try to say. Like, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't like to get involved. I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to keep the karma real clear around here. So I do not. Yeah, I always say I'm, I'm working on me. That's all I, I got to keep working on me. Cause I, I'm, I'm not perfect. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm working on me. Absolutely. Um, what do you hope that, you know, Safe Haven accomplishes in the years to come? Well, we are working on a model to um, actually expand our services to several states by the end of the year. Okay. So we're in Tennessee now. Um, we are um, looking at Maryland right now, um, Virginia, North Carolina, and Georgia. And Arizona, I'm sorry, and Arizona. Are so there, we are um sorry to interrupt. No, go, go ahead. right ahead. Um, I was gonna say, like, why are these particular places? Well, the what we what we did was we did like a um we took inventory of the need. Okay. Um and the accessibility um to the people that would, would need our care. Okay. And so um these were the states that pretty much um we felt would be more advantageous not only for us as a business, but for the, the people that be recipients of that. Okay. But we definitely want to, uh, you know, continue to expand, but um, very carefully, mm -hmm. you know, because ultimately it's not about um, getting rich. It's mm -hmm. all about positively impacting the lives of each person that we, we, we touch. And that's, that's the, that's the reward there is being able to, to touch people. I love that. And so many people are going to be able to benefit from that and be able to say safe haven has helped me. And I think that's, that's all a part of purpose, you know, yeah. being able to help others succeed and be better and have, like you said, the tools to know what to do, you know, when we're having moments. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's true. And yeah. even in the middle of Tennessee area, there, there's, um, a, um, we are a safe haven health mm -hmm. in Brentwood there's another safe haven I don't know um, exactly mm -hmm. where I think somewhere in, in Rutherford County or something okay. but I want to just distinguish the two because I don't know their model but okay. I can tell you for safe haven health okay we are all about positively impacting the lives of the people that we care for yes. um, in any capacity that's where we, we want to be I love that um, let's pivot for a second. And I just want to ask you, how do you balance your mental health, your self-care and your wellness practices? Oh, I do a lot of different things. So, um, uh, I believe in, I've, I haven't always felt this way, mm -hmm. but I, I've more recently become acquainted with the fact that self-care is very important. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned, um, I've, well, I wouldn't say I've learned because I, I'm a work in progress, but I'm learning how to make me a priority. Yeah. And even I have, in fact, I have some self-help and self-care type videos coming up on my YouTube channel soon. Yeah. And honestly, I try not to put anything out that I'm not following. Mm -hmm. And so in, in doing so, I have started to say no to things that should be said no. Uh, if it, if if I should not agree to it, I'm, I've said no, yeah. and I'm okay with that. So, for the sake of my my mental health, mm -hmm. um, I've established boundaries. You know, 
I I love you, but um, I'm going to need for you to respect boundaries. Yeah. You know, and because my peace of mind is not up for for uh, gives or compromise. Right. Uh, there's nothing like a peace of mind. Peace is the, it's, it's the prize. It's, it's really nothing like it, especially if there's been chaos in your life. Absolutely. It's just, you know, being able to, and then using coping skills. Mm -hmm. I, I, I believe in, uh, and definitely uh, removing yourself from a situation where you know that it's not going to be in your best interest to to be in that moment at, at that time. Yes. Um, I exercise that quite frequently mm-hmm. um, and it's not and I also have exercise forgiveness mm-hmm. forgiveness is for the person that's granting the forgiveness yep you know because the person that you chances are the person that is that have done something to you they don't even know or don't care and they've moved on with their life yeah you know <laughs> and they're having the best life ever and you are hoarding those things around yes so i i've learned to forgive those and move forward because i don't need the burden of carrying all this stuff Mm -hmm. you know i i definitely won't forget but i know how to forgive (laughs) for the for the sake of my peace of mind you know i give it all away you know i forgive people so forgiveness is another thing that i've done and also i love to um i love to write um I write a lot of different things. I, um, I, I write about things sometimes so I could actually pinpoint my own growth and development. Mm. You know, because you don't know how far you've grown until you really look at how you would act a fool <laughs> at 19. And then at 30, you realize that that's not the hill to die on. Why, why did I even? Why was I like that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> But you don't, if you have the same mindset in dealing with negative things five years ago, then you're, you're not grown. No. You know, so I journal to, to, to pinpoint a point in time and to then look at my development and growth, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that it's important. So sometimes even when you have a, an odd with someone, mm-hmm. And they may not even know it. And you know that they're the type of person that will not receive it. Like your parents sometimes. Mm-hmm. Your parents, just you, you can say, well, you know what? I don't think you did a great job at this in my upbringing. Well, I did the best that I could. And that's what, what I did. And, and so on and so forth. Yeah. You're not getting a sorry from that. No, you're not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So sometimes you have to put pen to paper. And just write that person a letter. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then once you write the letter, and I mean, I want you to be extremely transparent. Yeah. About things that you have, uh, that person has done to you. And then when you're ready, finish the letter by saying, but I forgive you and we're going to move on. Yeah. Because now you've, you've given yourself permission to acknowledge that they're never going to 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 see what you're talking about Mm -hmm. but you forgive them for the things that you think they've done and you move on with your life and then you take that letter and you shred it up yeah because you you know that this letter could cause war 
<laughs> if you gave it to that person. So uh, it's all about, and so I do things like that too. I just don't want to, you know, it's like, okay. Keep it inside that stuff. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't. But you know, many people are walking around extremely unhappy and miserable because they fail to forgive that person for the things that they've done. And instead they'd rather be angry. Yeah. You know, and so they spend their entire life, uh, lives wondering or uh, being angry and remembering that I can't talk to this person, I can't talk to their kids, or um, they are or, or, or policing their friends to make sure that they're not talking. It, it's just too much. Right. Like, you know, so that's why I tell people let's let's practice the art of forgiving. Mm-hmm. Because when you learn how to forgive, it's not for the other person, it's, it's for you. Yeah, it is for you, and and I know how to forgive and move on. So I try to live as carefree free as possible, and I encourage everybody to. I agree. I'm I'm definitely that person that's like this needs to end. Like you said, for my well being, this is not good, mm-hmm. and I can just say that's it. Like I I'm I'm moving on. This person, I'm not angry at this person. There's nothing there. And I'm a blocker. Like uh-huh. I don't like to be, I don't need none of the comeback or like any of that. It's like, this is not, this is not, it's affecting my peace. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I know that, like we've been through this, like this is not good for me. And I can yeah. let it go. I, I totally agree. And that's why I, even when I'm working with couples, I have to get them to understand that, yes, you are one. And I would never tell you to, to go against what your your spouse or partner, whatever they're saying. Mm-hmm. But what I will tell you is that it's imperative that you have your own voice and that you're happy in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you're not happy, then maybe there are some other conversations we need to have. Mm-hmm. But you need to be happy in your own relationships. And yes. that's one of the things that I tell, a peace of mind is great, but you can't have peace if you're not happy in, in, in whatever relationship, friendships, uh, intimate relationships, um, I mean, working relationships, any relationship, you you have to have a voice and you have to be happy. And if not, then you need to, to, to make some changes. I agree. Well, um, I want to take a little moment here. I am a certified life coach specializing in happiness and fulfillment. That's another certificate that I've gained over um, the past year. But I wanted you to tell me what your idea of happiness is and just something that you're grateful for. I would definitely say that um, my definition of happiness is um being able to appreciate all that I have, including materialistic things, including food, the necessities, food, water, shelter, and some of the luxuries like my car. You know, I I don't have an elaborate car, but it's mine. You know, I have transportation. So yeah, (laughs) happiness to me is is being thankful for, for it all. The good, the bad, the ugly for it all, because you can't learn if you don't have the bad things. Yes. You know, you wouldn't appreciate being being happy. You know, so definitely (laughs) happiness to me is being totally appreciative of everything that life has given us. Amen. 
that's mine too. <laughs> I'm yeah. just, people probably like amazed. Sometimes I'm just, I'm thankful for a book or I'm, mm-hmm. I say a lot of times like that car, I don't drive it a lot. It's not super fancy, but it's there when I need it. Just the small things, food, meals, having the food, just having, mm-hmm. some people don't even have a cabinet to open. So no. you know, I, so crazy today I woke up and I was like I'm so grateful for the place that I live having shelter and I actually looked out of my window and I saw somebody like packing up a tent and that's just you know what I'm saying like it's those little things like being grateful for your moments because you that could be you you know what I mean so it's just be thankful like that's what I tell people every step every lesson the whole journey everything because like you said if you don't know any kind of despair, you don't even know that when the happy time comes. <laughs> oh, no. you, you really don't. You really don't. You don't know how to process it and you don't trust it, you know, but right. You no, know, I, I I think that happiness is is out there for everyone and everyone can afford happiness. Yes. It's just doing the work to get to that point. Great. Oh my God. I'm so grateful that you came on here to chat with me. I don't want to hold you all day. Uh, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank um, you so much. You're welcome. I want to take a minute. Just um, Maurice, tell everybody how to find you. I'm going to include this in the show notes, but just a little quick blurb to them where they can um, get to Safe Haven Health and little stuff like that. Your socials. Okay. So uh, for Safe Haven uh, Health, the um, website is www.safehavenhelp.com. Yes. Because we want to help you. We want to help you in one way or another. Um, and then my, my YouTube channel is uh, Dr. Mo, M-O, the Renaissance Man. Because that's me. Uh, <laughs> I want you to definitely ha- have that. Um, and I'm also on um, others, but um, I, I think I provided the information. You did. Uh, where, like, um, did you include like book links for me too, or are they? Uh, well, my books can be reached uh, by um, going to my author site, which is www. T Maurice, M-A-U-R-I-C-E, reads with an S, R-E-A-D-S.com. Dr. T. Maurice Reads.com. Good. And I'll put that down there too. Um, Again, thank you so much for coming on. And thanks you guys for tuning into the Real Talk with Michelle podcast. This is episode number 77, Real Talk with Dr. Maurice Abney of Safe Haven Health. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Bye. Hi, guys. One more thing before you go. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also catch up on the podcast on YouTube at the same name, Royal Talk with Michelle. Make sure to hit the notification button to be notified when new episodes go up. You can like our Facebook page, Royal Talk with Michelle, and give us a follow on Instagram at Royal Talk with Michelle. You can also leave voice notes in anger. And if you'd like to send in your guest gratitudes or you'd like to be featured on a future episode or you have topic suggestions, you can email realtalkwithmichelle at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can at 
www.anchor.fm that's f as in frank and m as in mary backslash real talk with michelle backslash support thanks for tuning into this episode of real talk with michelle i am so grateful for you i'll talk to you again soon bye